black man is real here in the state of Minnesota? I can answer that question. Was there a gun found in the car? There's no gun that I was made aware of. I did not search the car, but I've not been made aware of a gun in the, in the vehicle. The officer, is she under any type of... Um, there has been. Evaluation. There has been a fair amount of social chatter in media, which I don't normally comment on, but there was some comments in social media that she had committed suicide. That is not true. Oh, wow. That is not true. Woo. So the best of my knowledge, she's, she's being taken care of right now. What can you tell us about this officer and how long she's been with the department? At this point in time, I don't have that. I will not release that information. That should be released very shortly, though. I believe the BCA has a system in place where they'll be releasing the names of all parties involved and also all their training records and all that information as far as tenure and seniority. That'll be released shortly. Do you plan to step down if people call for your resignation after the actions outside of this police department last night? At this point, I do not. Chief, what was happening then? What are we seeing in the video prior to that? The shot you described, the, the taser and the, the weapon, what, what was happening I, I'm not in the mind of the officer. I can only see what you're all seeing. I can couple that with some of the training that I've, that, the, much of the training that I've received. And that's why I, I'm believing it to be an accidental discharge. So prior to that, there was uh, some sort of activity going on with... The, it, when they were trying to take him into custody? It, it appeared to me from the video that the individual was trying to get back into his car to leave. Chief, how often do officers go for firearm training to try and maybe prevent something like that happening when you don't make that kind of mistake? Is it annual training or is it, how, how does that work? We have numerous trainings throughout the year. We don't try to lump it all in one group. So there's numerous trainings where we do tactical training. We do firearms training. We do taser deployments. Uh, we have substant uh, pretty thorough uh, taser um, requalifications on a yearly basis, but then we also do a number of scenarios and role-playing exercises as well. I can take, I can take one more question, please. We're in the midst of a pandemic. Why was it a priority to pull someone over for expired tax? I don't know if that was a priority, but it was a violation that the officer observed and initiated a traffic stop. Chief, are you aware that there's a significant delay? Are you aware that there's a significant delay in getting tabs and, and things of this nature from the DMV? So even people who have purchased tabs are unable to get them because there's a two to three month backlog. Are you aware of that? And is your staff also aware of that? And have you made any type of recommendations to your staff to be mindful that we're in the middle of a pandemic and don't pull people over but tabs, particularly because there is a significant delay in getting those tabs from the, the, the Department of Motor Vehicles. Are you aware of that? I am aware of that. Police? I am aware of that. Is your staff aware of that? Yes, they are. That was the last question. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Folks, again, oh, this is the mayor. In that video, a female officer clearly made a fatal mistake. She did the wrong thing. We understand she's going to be receiving some type of counseling, but should she lose her job? It's abundantly clear that she killed someone. Let me be very clear. Um, I, my position is that uh, we cannot afford to make mistakes that lead to uh, the loss of life uh, of, of other people in, in our profession. And so I do fully support uh, releasing the officer of her duties. Wow. I do. Okay. Mr. Mayor, you just said yourself, the whole world is watching the Twin Cities right now. Why weren't police forces uh, looking out uh, 
for, you know, just looking out about what they were doing. Why weren't they taking greater precautions when they got involved in incidents like this? Do you have any answer for that? You know, I, I don't have an answer. I, I have not uh, uh, spoken with the officers involved uh, myself. Uh, you know, at this point, the BCA uh, is is the one that's in, in contact with those uh, officers and, in fact, is, is the only one that's allowed to be in contact with those officers. Mr. Mayor, clearly, because you've answered the question directly, you've given some thought to this idea of releasing this officer. With that said, what is the process? Can she be released immediately? Does she have to go through some type of appeals process? How does that work? Well, under our form of government, uh, the city manager who's here, you, you can come up, uh, Kurt, he ultimately actually is uh, has control over the police department, not the mayor, uh, and over the chief. Uh, so you can comment on that. Uh, the, the city council also, you know, has ultimate authority over uh, what happens in the city collectively. So the city council can take action uh, uh, in, in this regard as well. Go ahead, uh, Mr. Bogdan. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Yeah, uh, my name is Kurt Bogdan. You're to a live press briefing out in the Brooklyn and Center in Police Department. to the question about termination, uh, all employees working for the city of Brooklyn Center uh, are entitled to due process with respect to discipline. Uh, this employee will receive due process, and that's really all that I can say today. As do you support the termination of an officer like this who has made the type of mistake that has cost uh, a resident of yours life. Do you support the termination? This is the Brooklyn Center Police Department. What message are we sending here at Brooklyn Center to the rest of the world about the valuation of black life? Do you support the termination of this type of an officer? You know, I understand and appreciate the comment that you made and, and why you said it. But if I were to answer that question, I would be con I'd be contradicting what I said a moment ago, which is to say that all employees are are entitled to due process, and after that due process, discipline uh, will be determined. If I were to say anything else, um, I would actually be uh, contradicting the idea of due process. One final question. Mm -hmm. What's your expectation for how uh, a significantly white police force in Brooklyn Center treats mm -hmm. the black and brown members of this community? Mm -hmm. What expectations have you communicated down to the chief and to the officers under him for how they are to interface with the, with the, the vast majority, because the, the, the vast majority of this population is black and brown, how have you communicated to them to interface and interact with people who look like me? Uh, ab absolutely, I've communicated that to the chief, and I do believe that the chief uh, concurs with the notion that every resident of Brooklyn Center must be treated fairly, must be treated equitably. Uh, the city council has been very clear in its expectations about uh, fairness and equity. We are implementing this year uh, an Office of Anti-Racism Principles and Practices. Uh, we're hiring an equity officer in the next several several weeks. Uh, the city council has provided specific direction about uh, accountability for the police department and transparency for the police department. We've been providing reports to the city, to us about city council. 
Yes, we're providing reports to the city council about uh, um, uh, officer discipline, about information on stops of, of black and brown people or people of color in the city of Brooklyn Center. Uh, we have, we're developing some task forces to, to, to assess if any of our policies or if any of our practices lead to disproportionate inequitable results. And our objective for doing that analysis is to eliminate any inequity that occurs as a result of our practices and our policies. And that has been communicated to the chief and to the police officers of the city of Brooklyn Center. Even on the profiling that happened in this situation, we are standing in solidarity and calling for the firing of this officer. You have talked about her having due process, although Dante Wright did not get due process in that situation. She needs to be fired immediately to send a message that this type of behavior will not be condoned within the city of Brooklyn Center. Thank you. I, pre I appreciate those comments. So, 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 should, an officer, should an officer who can't tell the difference between a taser and a handgun, should they go out in a vehicle with those items in their car? It really wouldn't be appropriate for me to respond to that. Why would, it, why, 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 sorry, why would it not be appropriate, sir? Because I can't make that judgment. So as a supervisor of the police force, yeah. were you part of the decision last night to use tear gas on our youth who were protesting yesterday? And rubber bullets? I was not. Mr. City Manager, Mr. Mayor, when I asked that question about the firing of the police officer, the police chief left. Yeah. What is that an indication of? Is he dealing with something perhaps more important, or, or is that some type of silent protest because he left immediately? I can't speculate. Mr. Mayor, you have a comment? I, I, I do not know why the, why the, excuse me. Does that bother you without knowing why that he just walked out? I, I do not know why the chief left. Um, you know, it, I can only speculate as to why, uh, why he left at, you know, at the time that he did. Does it bother you? Sorry, what would your speculation be? I, I don't. I don't have any speculation. I mean, it's it's possible that you know the, the chief, uh, you know, takes a position, uh, perhaps similar to the city manager, that you know there, there needs to be, uh, you know, some some kind of a process or, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would only. What was the conversation between you and the chief? What was that conversation between you and the chief? Wow. When you shared with the chief that you'd like to see this officer terminated. He didn't tell us anything about the officer, how long she's been the force, her name, where she trained. These are questions the public deserves to know. Certainly. Um, you know, uh, those, so those, those conversations, uh, I'm not... You know, our privileged conversation, so I can't reveal that right now, but um, we should be able to provide the details around uh, the officer and her trainings and uh, and, and th those types of, uh, of details. Um, is, let me, if you'll just give me a second, I'm just going to check to see if, uh, is the chief engaged uh, <clears throat> currently at the moment in, in addressing uh, some, some public safety concerns or, or some other matter? Is there any reason why, uh, why, why we can't have him answer some, some more questions around... Uh, folks are asking about the, the officer's training and, and whatnot. How long she's been on the force? Okay. Okay, so we're we're 
What I'm saying is I have limited information. I'm not trying to be disingenuous, but I'm trying to stay away from the investigation. I wish the BCA was here, um, but again, they'd probably tell you the same thing, that there's not much they can do because it's an early investigation. Now, please, one question at a time. Now, what can you tell yeah, us the yes, sir. Yes, sir. May I ask you directly as I asked the mayor? Do you believe the officer who fired this fatal shot? And I understand there's due process. We get that. But ultimately, she shot and killed a 20-year-old man. The mayor had indicated she should be terminated. What's your position on that? My position is that officer afforded due process just like anybody else does. She has the right to be heard. She has the right to give her statement. She has the right to tell what she felt, what she thought. Not what, not what I thought, not what I saw, but what she thought and what she... And that may have an impact. She's on administrative. She will not be returning to duty until this investigation has run its course. And she, for all intents and purposes, I think we can look at the video and, and ascertain whether or not she'll be returning. So, one question at a time, please. Those over here? Yes. Yes, fact that this is not the first time that this has happened in the city of Brooklyn Center. Two years ago, we had another officer involved shooting while a young man lost his life. You understand that the public do not trust you and your department right now. And what we are asking for you are not giving to us. You should already have a process for now on how to deal with the situation. But we really do ask to know the information of the officer involved in the shooting. The first question is we do have a process in place, and that's leaning, that's leaning on the BCA to do their investigation. Every shooting, that, every shooting that I've seen, every shooting that I've witnessed has been different. Every circumstance is different around every shooting. It's tragic every time. The loss of life is obviously tragic. But there are different circumstances around every situation. In this particular situation, it was very important for me to get that video out as quickly as possible, and that's what I did. Absolutely impressive, and I lived in Minnesota seven years, worked here. Can you just tell us a little bit about how long the officer was on the force here in Brooklyn Center? Was she around when Barway was pulled from the body of water six years ago today? The information on the officer, she's a very senior officer. That's, that's the extent that I can do. A very senior officer, and like I, I do believe that the BCA will be releasing all the information, training records, everything that they have, they'll be releasing that. That will be coming out shortly. And Chief, what is the normal protocol and process for response to protesters? And was that protocol and process followed last night? There's, uh, there was strict adherence to the policy of working with the protest when it turns into a riot. Last night, there were numerous warnings to disperse because it was an unlawful assembly. It was declared at least five times while I was there. Plenty of time was given to disperse, and it was not. Was it your uh, decision to release tear gas and to um, shoot fire bullets, uh, no, uh, rubber bullets at the young protesters? This is, I'm the police chief in this city. Police action is made by me. The decision is made by me. So Does that answer your question? So, so I have a question. Uh, upon, upon myself and other organizers and activists coming up to the police station, we were really shocked to see utter darkness, to see all of the lights, um, um, both um, interior and exterior, extending all the way out, making the street virtually dark. We were really shocked and surprised to see that. Uh, from my experience, and I would imagine most other people's experiences, Law enforcement would want to have as much light as possible um, to be able to see whatever is going on. I was told that the moment the lights all went down, that created a certain level of mood, a certain agitation within within the crowd. 
what was your thinking? Because I was told that you made the ultimate call to turn all the lights off, even even the street lights that was out in front of the building, to turn all of the lights off. What was your thinking about turning off the lights in the midst of people coming in and um, sure. attempting to redress sure. uh, at the police station? What was your decision behind turning off all the lights? I don't know about the lights on the street, but I know the building lights were turned off because they created the backlighting for the officers that were on the front lines. They became targets for concrete blocks, frozen cans that I, I personally saw in duct. So that's what I turned those lights off. So that so our, and off the so, made them less of targets? Or? Yes, they were backlit. So then they, the people that were in front, they couldn't see it. So if we have lights in front of us, that's what the police department would like to have. We'd like to be looking out forward, not behind us, because then you get backlit. So the lights I'm talking about were all around, the, so, so the lights were all around the front part of the building. The police were well behind that, but it just created an entire darkness around. It seemed very unusual for, for a station uh, to have all the lights off, including the lights all in the streets to create utter darkness and a lot of confusion and a real ominous kind of mood. And, and, and I would say that it's very unusual. I've been to a lot of police stations. I've been to a lot of protests. I've been to a lot of these type of events. I have never seen the police department utterly shut down all of the lights. What was your thinking behind, not the backlit lights, but all of the lights, even in the front part of the police station, in general, to create utter darkness? Sir, and, then, I, sir, and, then, and then also, sir. one final question. What was your decision to issue a dispersal order um, while they were peacefully protesting in front of the uh, police station? What, what led to you to issue a dispersal order and then on the back end of that 10-minute dispersal order, then to issue out uh, CO2 canisters and gas uh, for the crowd? So, Can you talk to us about yeah, that? Just so everybody's clear, I was front and center at the protest at the at the riot um we did not there was so i was we were being the officers that were putting themselves in harm's way were being pelted with frozen cans of pop they're being pel belted with concrete blocks and yes we had our helmets on and we had other protection gear but an officer was injured hit in the head with a brick brick I was a Hennepin County deputy. He was transported to the hospital. So we had to make decisions. We had to disperse the crowd because we can't allow our officers to be harmed. And I've already answered the question, I believe, about your lighting. I know that's a that's a big deal with you, and I understand that. But I thought I'd explain that myself. So if that is, I told you it's my decision, and that's why I made that decision. Well, is there another question? Yes, ma'am. I mean, the first sense, I can feel it. Yes, ma'am. What is on your heart? Let, let him answer, guys. Sure. What is, speak, speak to us for real, Mikey. Keep it 100. This is what I'm here for. Okay? I'm the leader of this department. They expect me to lead. Create a safe city. That's what I'm trying to do. So that's that's it. I hope you're not trying to. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'm emotional. Guys, he's being honest. I'm just trying to be honest. So when, when, when I have a question for you, when, yes, sir. Uh, when you asked the protesters to take a step back across the street, what was the reasoning for it after they went across the street, you shot uh, tear gas grenades and flashbangs mm -hmm. where the people were across the street where you had originally told them to be? The only time that we returned, in, in every situation that we had, we returned fire. So when we got pelted with bricks or frozen cans, 
which you've collected. We photographed the evidence. We have the we have the evidence. We can show that to you in the, in the future. But once we got pelted, then we, we responded in kind. And, and there was a distance that there was there was a distance in everything that there who had nothing to do with throwing anything. That's the danger of turning off the lights and firing tear gas and firing rubber bullets and firing flashbang grenades at people who were just exercising their First Amendment rights sure. to freedom of speech. That's the problem, Chief. I understand Would that. Would you do things differently? Would I do things differently last night? Than last night? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We had a situation, we had a situation where we were bringing an arrest team and we were worried. How many people are we going to arrest? When we started to move the people, finally, Hours into the situation, you know how many people were arrested that stayed? Two people. If we hadn't done that, if we hadn't moved people along, I don't know what would have happened. And I don't know where they would have reformed. But the people that left were allowed to leave. We didn't, we didn't trap them. We didn't, we didn't make mass arrests. We arrested two people. So what are the plans for tonight? Tonight, tonight we're gonna, if it's a peaceful protest, if it's a First Amendment protest, Go, go to it. And guess what's the definition we'll, uh, of a peaceful protest? Because we don't understand. Yeah, not being pelted with block, with bricks, blocks, and being targeted. What we saw yesterday when young people up with their hands up, yeah. they were being tear gassed. And yeah. you were talking about your officers being hurt. We can't count how many people got hurt yesterday, too. Okay. So that's what I'm going to ask again. Are you planning on doing things differently tonight? We are going to have the, the we're going to have our officers lined up to protect this building, to protect, protect the city as best we can. That's what we're going to do today. And that's what we do every day. I got one more, I got one more question. When, uh, when the officers were firing tear gas and flashbangs, there was an apartment complex with families behind it. And that's where a lot of the, the flashbangs were going. Had a flashbang went into one of those windows and started that building on fire, it put a lot of other people at risk. Why? I didn't see any flashbang that was very close to, the, to those apartments. Yes. 1,467, I was there. I didn't see anybody. 6,700. Yeah. 40. 6,740. Right overhead, over the building. Over the building. Okay. And we saw that last night. And I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see that myself. So, quick. I, and I'm not, I'm not just counting you. Why was... Are, are there, are, are there going to be more questions? Why was Dante Wright's body left in the streets for hours yesterday? Okay. The, the due respect for Dante was given at my order to keep him, keep the respect of his, of his body, whether that be covered it or fenced it around, but we needed to have it maintained because we needed the investigation to be complete and thorough. The documentation is not done by us, it's done by the BCA crime team, that is, which is the entity that investigates these situations. They came out as quickly as they could, they processed the scene as quickly as they could. We did not want to maintain, as, as people have mentioned, once the officers left, the, the, the protests and the, the the disturbance went away. We were trying to get our officers out there as soon as possible. Do you understand how dehumanizing that was to have a body lay in the street for five hours? That was a priority of my of my assignment to get him removed from that as soon as possible without disturbing the crime scene so that we wouldn't be accused of tampering with the evidence. All right, now let me uh, ask, see if you can stay for a second. Are there any other questions here? Once again, this is John DePietro. You're folks. listening. This is a live press conference out of Minneapolis. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Okay. Um, Any? Yes, I have a question. Final question. Oh. Uh, final question. So, um, please, uh, Chief, we hear that you have committed to protecting this building, protecting the city tonight if there are protests. Will you commit to protecting protesters and the people of this city? Uh, I am committed to protecting the peaceful protesters of the city every day. 
Peaceful protesters. They were rioting and looting. All right, folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. So um, now right now, it's uh, 1.40 in the afternoon on this Monday. And what we have learned, apparently, was when there was a traffic stop in Minneapolis yesterday afternoon, um, not even 24 hours ago, that there was a, a, a expired tags on the car. They approached the vehicle, turned out the driver had an outstanding warrant. They had him out of the car. He started to escape and then jumped into the car. And a senior female officer, there's three officers on the scene that I've seen. They, um, she, she goes to use her taser and instead she shoots him. He drives off and crashes. And then that resulted in looting and rioting last night. And by the way, now right now it's 141. Good afternoon. Um, you're listening to AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. That was not just rioting and looting in. This place called Brooklyn Center, which is a suburb right near Mini- uh, outside of Minneapolis. This, you know, there's as we speak right now, there are protests going on in New York. And then there were violent um rioting and looting last night and you heard they were smashing cars you know what's interesting about this is just how much now the the media that was supposed to be the media how much they turn and why are you saying you know why isn't the police station lit up and why is it dark so then when the the protesters are going to the police station and it's dark and it looks like you know and i thought the police chief did a pretty good job explaining well because then our officers on the front line are a target if the light is behind them like that and then demanding like well you need to have the lights on and and those were peaceful protesters folks you can see footage there they're throwing frozen cans and throws rocks and bricks at the police i mean this is just atrocious what is going on but that's what they're saying Officer drew a handgun instead of a taser. So you have a handgun and a taser. And when the, she went to taser him, it was an accident. She accidentally shot him just once. But then that was enough. And then he crashed and he died. So that's what they're saying so far. Right now at 143, I want to remind you about Ryan's appliance repair. Maybe you're listening right now on AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. Remember what we say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. All um, work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available. Excuse me, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Excuse me, folks. As we like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I, um, I want to get see if I can get Representative Patricia Morgan on the line with us. We were going to have her on, but remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, because there are a number of voting bills being heard today. But um, I wanted to take that press conference with the breaking news regarding the situation out in Minneapolis, which, um, as I mentioned, oh, is that you, Rep. Morgan? 
Yes. All right. Rep, I apologize. I was carrying the uh, press conference out of Minneapolis. Rep Morgan, if you would just be so kind, you've been the leader on a lot of these voting bills. If you could tell people what's happening today. Yes, we're having a hearing. The hearing starts at 2 o'clock. When my bill is going to be heard, is anybody's guess, I would assume that it's going to be closer to 3 or after. But I have a bill uh, for election reform. You know, uh, Nellie Gorbea put one in a couple of weeks ago that was really big on access, but very short on ballot security and yep. integrity. That's right. So my bill will fill in some of those gaps. And, and Rep. Morgan, what else is going to be heard today? Are they doing the whole slew of, is this in committee? It is in committee. It's in the state government and uh, elections committee. Um, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I wish you'd, you'd ask me and I would have looked at the other bills more carefully. That's all right. That's all right. Um, yeah, there are other bills. I don't believe any of them deal with elections. Okay. Um, I know, though, you know, she was uh, putting forth that there should be a permanent uh, mail ballot list, which seems, I've never heard of anything oh, like yes. that. Someone's going to yes. permanently yes. vote. Um, I mean, yes, you can register for electronically, so you don't even have to appear in person with a voter ID to prove who you are and where you live. Um, and then it would last in perpetuity. So in, it, it, it's just, it, that's just a nightmare. Imagine they're going to mail out live ballots, not an application for an absentee, live ballots that will go to people's homes uh, forever. And the people that they're being sent to have not been, have not had to prove who they are. Um, it's just ripe for fraud. It's just as ripe for fraud. And it's Rep, just, Rep Morgan, we, we would never know who they are. If, if, if there was something nefarious, this is someone who they would never have to go to a polling place. They would have to never go anywhere. There's no way to verify that that actually is a person living there. I've just I've never heard of a permanent mail ballot uh, list. This is right. ridiculous. As the system is now. It's just. There's, you know, especially when you can register electronically without producing any documents to say that kind of the basic things. You're a citizen, you're over 18, you live in a certain place. Um, right, that's what a voter ID does, a photo ID. It proves who you are, right. that you're eligible to vote. Right, and that so, it's a real person, um, that it's a real person. Like, there they are, there they are, in person. person. Yes. That's right. The electronic sign up for this is just a nightmare, and even just maintaining it is a—it should not happen. No, it's uh, it's just just too open to manipulation and fraud. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's going to be a little bit controversial, I'm sure, is that I think all photo IDs um, that are—you know—we know Providence is issuing photo IDs to whomever needs them, right. whoever wants them, right? Um, and uh, you know. They have their reasoning for that. I guess we can't stop it. But if the person is not a citizen of the United States, in other words, if they are a citizen of another country, yes, um, their photo ID must be marked with a, a large invisible FN, meaning foreign national. Right. Right. It's not pejorative. No. Um, it just is. If you're if you're a citizen of another country, you are not allowed to vote in American election right that's it right 
But they don't want to have the F, they don't want to have the FN on the ID. Well, uh, Edia Jello, who's a representative yep. uh, from the East Side, said she thought that that would be pejorative huh. um, in some way. Um, I, I don't see it that way. My mother was a foreign national at right. one time, and yes. for a long time she was a foreign national. All it meant was that she was a citizen of another country. Correct. Um, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of folks out there, you know, in Rhode Island that are citizens of other countries, and, and that's fine, but they're just not allowed to vote. Hmm. And then, of course, the big one, the big one in the room is ballot harvesting. Yes. Uh, Nellie Gorbea completely ignored its existence, and yet it is uh, destructive. Yep. It is voter intimidation and manipulation, um, and it needs to be banned. It undermines our process. It just does. It was never designed that way, and other states have outlawed it. Yeah. I think 19 other states have have, uh, have bans on it, and with good reason. Um, political operatives show yeah. up and, and take people's ballots, right? yes. stand over them while they're voting. Well, the good ballots get delivered, and the bad bad ballots, who knows what happens to those, yep. right? Yes. Um, or, it, you know, we know that Mattiello used it. I, it was actually used in my last election. Wow. And they paid... Pay twenty dollars for every good twenty dollars a vote. Yep, that's right. Right. Um, It's just you know it just undermines the whole idea of of the people by the people for the people. Anytime there's cheating by the people is is diminished. It is. Um, Right. The only time we as citizens get to weigh in on who we want representing us is in an election. Correct. And if there is cheating and fraud in yep. an election, it robs us That's of the right. representation that we are voting for, that we want. Folks, we're speaking with Representative Patricia Morgan, who's just been such a phenomenal leader on trying to get some transparency and shine a light on some of these new voting laws that our Secretary of State, Nelly Gobia, wants to make permanent. Rep. Morgan, the, the other thing um, is, as we know, you know, between the bloated, bloated voting list, this business that somehow voting should be on the honor system, that we have to take people's word for, it was never designed that way. You know, in other countries, we know they line up for hours and then they vote just they with do. a mail, you know, a, a paper ballot. I mean, we are so far away from and that. And they have to present a passport to get yes. a ballot. So yeah. I have been in those countries when they are voting, and they bring a passport, and that's how they get a ballot. Yes. Um, it is, right, we are just cavalier about our voting system. And it has, I think it has weakened people's faith in the fact that, that our elections are fair it and has. honest. Yep. And rep, the other thing I want to point out, and pe- folks, this is very important for people to understand. They will say, and Gorby is a big one on this. Oh, but if you sign up, register to vote, you do so under penalty of perjury. Rep Morgan, in the last 30 years, not one person has ever been prosecuted for signing that, quote, under penalty of perjury. It has no teeth. That's they right. don't even look for it. It's a red hearing. It, it doesn't matter. Like I've said, that's like someone saying on that stretch of road, on Route 10, they had the, no one speeds because we haven't given out a ticket in 10 years. Then you find out that there are no cars on Route 10 looking for people speeding. So if you're not looking, you're not going to find it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
Morgan, right now, it's 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 turning less into the battle, right? The battle of ideas, the debating of ideas. It's all becoming about what's your street game like? What's your, you know, ballot harvesting plan? Uh, paying people per ballot. If, if this continues, you don't need to run television commercials. You don't need to make appearances. All you need to do, someone would need to do, is spend every penny they have hiring people to go out Register so yeah. so called people to vote, even though there's no checks and balances. Then delivering the ballots, and it, it completely undermines the process. It does, and we've seen it. We've seen it happen in Rhode Island in Speaker Mattiello's races against Steve Bryant, um, in Don Ewer's race down in Jamestown. Yes, um, you know we knew that that ballot harvesting was there and that it made a difference. Yep. And how many of our elections in Rhode Island are are decided by 100 votes, That's less right. than 100 votes? Yep. I, in my time here, I know there, there were at least one that was uh, decided by one vote and another decided by two votes. Yep. Um, right? So, so any kind of ballot harvesting can make a huge difference in the representation that's in the state house. It can. And that race in Newport. And the state house that was, makes the laws that are affecting our lives. That's yeah. right. That, that race in Newport, Rep, that was an eye-opener for me because that was the uh, special election to replace uh, Senator Teresa Piva-Weed. And that was, yes. the girl was very candid. That was her summer job where they even made her a notary. She even had them notarized. She would go out. She would register someone to vote. She'd bring them the ballot, have them fill it out. She'd notarize it. She'd deliver it. She'd show it to the campaign. They paid her $20 a vote. And, and she made, you know, a couple thousand dollars. That was her summer job. And, that was and, her summer job. Yes. And now that was just, yeah. you know, a couple hundred. But what's to stop someone and, from saying, and I can was deliver. was she electioneering? Yes. Right. Was she electioneering at the door? Was she telling people who to vote for? Right. Right. The whole thing. Of course she was. Yes. Right? She was being paid for one side. She, she was. was. a political operative who had a vested interest in the outcome of the election. Yeah. So, of course, she was telling people how to vote. And those were ballots um, that had to be notarized. Now we're, we're out of really? the notarization period. Well, and they honestly get around notary. Um, I, I've seen it happen in politics for a long time now. So I know that that, that is standard operating procedure for ballot harvesters. They become notaries themselves. And they sign as the notary. That's right. Um, yeah. So... This really has to be tightened up. Actually, it needs to be banned. It does. Ballot harvesting must be banned. It does. It Come takes on. advantage of vulnerable yep. people. Um, it, 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 is, it is just anathema to 
to a democracy, a representative democracy, and it needs to stop. Yep. Hey, Rep, not to put you on the spot, any thoughts to next year, giving it another run for the big chair at the State House? No, no, oh. I'm not at all. <laughs> we need someone. Thank you for that thought. We Thank need someone. It's wide open right now. Sometimes you have to run oh. more than once. I don't even sense a primary. <laughs> Let's rally around Rep Morgan. I like the sound of that. Once a fighter, you You learned, listen, you you know more than anyone. You are a fighter. You also, I'm willing to bet you learned a lot in your primary back in 2018. So, you know, different people sometimes. Timing is everything. Um, Why don't we just give that some thought? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, John. All right. Now, Rep Morgan, good luck this afternoon. How can people watch this? Yeah, how can people watch it? TV. Okay. There is, if they go on the rilegislature.gov uh, website and pull up the agenda, which is in um, the state, uh, it's called, um, oh, sorry, it's, an election, it's the elections committee. I okay. forgot the whole name now. But they can find the link for yes. uh, Capital TV. So yeah. they can stream it. I think it's also on Channel 61, is it? On Cox Cable? I think so. But, um, yeah. What I really want them to do is write to their representative, their senator, the speaker, the governor, the Senate president, and tell them that they must pass some of these common sense reforms that will ensure that our ballots are reliable and honest. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? And, and uh, you know, they have to stop this narrative, Rep. Morgan, of, you know, can you prove there was massive fraud? As I like to say, wh- why does it have to be massive fraud? Why, why can't it just be, was there any? If you're not going to look for it, you're not going to find it. That much we know. And like I said, there have been many races that have been decided by less than 100 votes. That's right. Some as little as one and two votes. Yep. So even a little bit of, of cheating has a big impact it does. On, a, on a race in Rhode Island and how people are represented yep. and what their property taxes are. That's right. And how, how difficult it is for them to get a job and keep a job. Ugh. So um, they, that's, I, I just hope everybody contacts their own rep, their own senator, like I said, the speaker, the Senate president, and the governor and tell them, you know, pass these common sense provisions folks she is our she is our leader for freedom representative patricia morgan (laughs) rep morgan great job as always good luck this afternoon we'll all be watching and i'll talk to you later thank you john all right folks there it is representative patricia morgan i'm telling you she is a fighter hey i just a reminder bethel softwash text him today jared 617-2585 get rid of if you have some of those green stains and other around your house check them out online uh it's rhode island remember the website rhode island soft or then also look for them on facebook but they'll get rid of the green stains algae and moss bethel b-e-t-h-e-l bethel certified soft wash it's sean DePietro. stay tuned enjoy this monday stay warm stay tuned for the two o'clock news and then the john Dion program we're back tomorrow tomorrow at 11 great job by the great jeff gamach folks stay tuned enjoy this monday here comes the two o'clock news